When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are proudly sponsored by The Fertility Method, an online fertility preparation plan designed to offer everything you need to know all in one place. Because starting a family is not always easy. Designed by fertility experts who are passionate about educating and empowering women to take back control of their fertility struggles. The Fertility Method is suitable for anyone who is trying to conceive or planning to conceive in the next few months whether that's naturally or through fertility treatments such as IVF. If you want to get your body and mind in top shape for a healthy conception and pregnancy, then The Fertility Method is for you. Head over to www.thefertilitymethod.co.uk or visit at The Fertility Method to get your free supplements guide. Finally, you guys can all get a cheeky 10% discount by entering Girl Gang at checkout. Yo. Yo, yo, yo. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the worst girl gang ever. This evening we are, you'll start with me and Laura. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to say we are joined in the studio by, no, just no us. No one, just us, just us. Again. Can you, yeah, can you hear the echo of our empty studio? <laughs> Sorry um, guys. Yeah, but we're going to talk about secondary infertility, aren't we? Well, yeah, we are. We are. It's it seems to be being spoken about quite a lot in our yeah. um, community at the moment, isn't it? This, it keeps cropping yeah, up. Yeah, it does. Because, and I think it's a massively overlooked subject because uh, the assumption is if you you either can have kids or you can't, right? And yeah. and then and then so and even when you struggle to fall pregnant or to to carry a pregnancy to term after you've already had a baby you're sort of ignored by medicine by the medical profession aren't you as in yeah if I'm wrong because I don't know enough about it but I would have thought that you're written off a bit because you've had a baby I think in relation to being eligible for IVF for example if you've already got a child in most I think it's, it's still a postcode lottery isn't it but I think most of the time you wouldn't be eligible again um to have it on the NHS but you could pay. So can you pay for IVF just whenever? Whenever. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, I think they're unlikely to take your money if it looks like it's going to fail. If you've got everything, all the odds stacked against you. Yeah. You know, ethically, that they, ha- they aren't allowed to just do it on anybody. And presumably, like, if you've been trying for four months and, and you're 25 and there's no reason that you shouldn't, you know, you can't just go, oh, well, actually, I don't want to sh- carry on trying. I want IVF. Right I don't now. want to have sex with my husband anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. 
Um, Lols, Rob. <laughs> Rob's just started listening to these podcasts at work. <laughs> so I just need to say, Lols, Lols, Rob. That was a total joke. <laughs> I love having sex with you all the time. Funny. But when we were talking about doing this episode, I was thinking, so obviously secondary infertility is, I think the the actual definition is not being able to fall pregnant for a year after having already carried a child to term. Okay. You know, the other bit is the same, whether it be primary or secondary infertility, it's a year of not falling. So, um, it, so what if you fall pregnant, but like you guys, what if you fall pregnant, but have miscarriages again? Right? Is that, is I secondary don't know if that's still called secondary infertility. Because it's not necessarily being infertile; it's 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 not being able to carry a baby, right? Yeah. yeah. Infertility is not being able to fall pregnant, isn't it? Is it? Well, I don't know, <laughs> and this just proves that we don't know the answers to this stuff. We and even like us to chat about so, it. <laughs> yeah, in depth in this within this community, like if we don't know the answers to this, like how's maybe we should have done our research before <laughs> recording this episode. <laughs> This is just, just FYI, this is how I feel before every episode because I don't, because I just say to Laura about half an hour beforehand, who are we interviewing tonight, mate? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's quite strange really because yeah, like me, for example, I've fallen pregnant twice since having Bertie. Yeah. Is it still infertility? Don't know. But it doesn't matter. I guess what we've come here to talk about is, well, two sides of the coin, really. One about the way that we deal with people who have a loss after already having a child mm-hmm. and the all of the stuff that goes alongside that, like like the the phrases that society says when it mm. happens. That's one side of it. But then the other side, which is what people have been talking about recently and which is what I'm considering myself, when do you stop trying? Do you give it up already because you've already got one? And how long do you put yourself through this again before it's time to say no? And also what what you've spoken about before is the fact that before you had Bertie, you were sort of in grief or grieving the fact that you might never be a mum but now you've achieved that. So yeah. is it easier? Is secondary fertility, infertility easier than primary infertility, in your opinion? Like, well, is it... I mean, I would say absolutely not, depending on who you speak to. For me, it is easier. Now, before anyone starts having a go, that, that, that's just how I feel. For me, it is easier. The first time, like you said, I had all those losses and I feared that I would never become a mum and so each time I had a miscarriage I would grieve the miscarriage but the big issue was being childless and that was oh I can't even I I don't even know how to explain how awful that all was and even Mm. though I've written a book about it (laughs) that still doesn't explain it um Mm. It's a, it's a really, really awful low situation to be in. But now yeah. I've got Bertie and not only does he distract me from the 
the the waiting and the testing and the disappointment each month because I don't have much time to think about it. But also, mm. I have him, so it's not quite as devastating because I am mm. a mum. But having said that, I'm sure that Laura, Robo Mummy, wouldn't mind us mentioning her name because she spoke about it in in the episode where we interviewed her. For her, she had primary, she had infertility, needed IVF to have her son, and then fell pregnant naturally. So although she went through infertility prior to Rafe, she hadn't gone through loss. And so mm. loss this time for her, after having a son, so these secondary infertility losses, if that's what we're going to call them, they were devastating and still are devastating. It's something that she's still struggling to to come to terms with. And I don't know if they're worse because she didn't experience it the first time. So it's a whole fresh new host of feelings that that she's struggling to deal with and to process. I don't know. It's really complicated, isn't it? And I think, I think every it situation's is, different. Yeah. And I think that's the main thing to mention here is obviously Laura's opinion is her own and that's how she felt. And my opinion is my own. And that's how I feel. But that's not to say that every every woman who hasn't experienced loss, then has children, then experiences loss will feel the same way as I do. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that anyone who hasn't has experienced loss before they've had children will feel the same way as you. Yeah. For me personally, when our baby died, I felt I almost felt like someone closed the circuit line on all sorts of feelings in my life. It wasn't necessarily just the loss of a baby. It was the fact that this this is really the first real tragedy that Mm -hmm. has happened. And it's something that I felt so at sea with and so isolated with. I didn't know how to deal. And I was having all these feelings like anger out of nowhere, like red hot anger. Mm-hmm. And then sudden, sudden intense grief and all these kind of feelings that I'd never experienced before. And I think for that, for me, was really difficult to kind of get my head around and deal with. But yeah. I also feel very strongly that all the time I was feeling everything, I was also feeling, thank God, thank thank God, thank the Lord that I have my children. Mm-hmm. Because going home to my kids really helped that it yeah. pulled me through you know but and then because I'm divorced that that whole process as well was really really challenging on my mental health and then as well I was very lucky that I had James and Flynn my, my older two kids as well at the same time and when you go through these really really horrible things I think you do need a support network and I think often that when you have kids that is what makes you get up in the morning it makes you get dressed yeah. it makes you and I was, I, I feel incredibly blessed to have been able to have that because I know that I really struggle with my mental health. And I think if I hadn't had that, it would have been a different yeah. story in terms of picking myself up and, and dusting myself off. Yeah. But did you get any comments about people saying, well, at least you've got the others at least? Yeah, 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 yeah. All, yeah. Even, even members of my family said that, you know, to concentrate on, on your, on your kids. Yeah. And and that sort of thing but I it didn't necessarily offend me like I know yeah. that it it does offend some people because was it because you that, were thinking those things yourself yeah you know yeah. when it was just yeah you know when someone slags off your family or slags off your slags off I've not said that for years but <laughs> like oh, he was, he was slagging you right off yeah. <laughs> but when it. someone else is bitching or slagging off 
someone that you love, you get really defensive, even if, so I could spend hours moaning about Scoop, but if someone else was to put him down, I'd get really defensive of him. And I feel yeah. like it's the same. So, and this comes with all of the, the, the blanket phrases that people say when you go through loss, secondary infertility or otherwise. I told myself the first time I had a miscarriage, oh, at least it was just a ball of cells. <laughs> if anyone else said that to me, I'd have had the right yeah. arm. Yeah. And I think it's, that might be similar with, like you say, your experiences. If Yeah, yeah. I think people like, who do, do you get think offended you are? by it. Yeah. How, what do you know about this subject? You don't know. You you yeah. haven't done, yeah. I, but I think I, you I do, do justify these things to yourself to make it easier to, to deal with. As so a coping strategy. Say, oh, yeah. At least I'm young. Or, or the other one that for the first time with me was, oh, at least I know I can get pregnant. Well, it was funny because I think it's a lot about your mindset as well because it really struck me when we talked to Katie Lindeburn. Yeah. Um, Uber Barons Club, and she was saying she started to be in this really. She was she was basically infertile, but super infertile. So yeah. IVF wasn't an option, you know. Yeah. And they, she said, she got to the point where she was jealous of people who were miscarrying at eleven weeks because she'd never got that far. Yeah. And it was at th- that point she said to herself, like, "This is fucking mental." And yeah. I think that is the the trap that you fall into with this whole, the pain is so intense that you do fall into this trying to protect your mind Yeah. by like, oh, uh, and you do your own at least, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. At least, at least they got to 12 weeks, you know, at least this, that and the other. The, the other issue I have is how long do you keep trying for? And yeah. I, I felt this the first time round, but... Uh, that was sort of I was more desperate then now I don't feel as desperate because I've got Bertie but how long would you have carried on trying do you mean how long in terms of if I hadn't fallen pregnant or or how many losses if I so, had another so loss? yeah after, so after after you had your loss in May and then a chemical what if what if you you now were still trying at what point would you have said, oh, do you know what? Let's give it up. That you know, we've got these ones. Yeah. And that that's that's another Had it ever occurred to you that you might stop trying? The time it occurred to me was in hospital. I was terrified that Rob would say that this is awful. You know, we've got we because we've got four between us. Rob's got a, a son as well. And I was terrified that he was going to say, it's not, it's not meant to be. We're not, you know, let's, mm. it, it hasn't worked. This is horrendous. We've got these, these beautiful children between us. Let's just thank God for what we have and concentrate on other. And I, that, that really, really scared me because I think, you know, when, when you're not done and, and, and I feel so selfish in a way for saying this because I, I've got three amazing kids and I am lucky enough to, to, to be pregnant with with a fourth and I think that's going to be difficult for some people to hear but I think that you have this inherent thing of I want a baby I want another Mm -hmm. baby and that was really scary the prospect of him putting the kibosh on that or him saying no I don't I don't want to do that and I think that is a really challenging thing because as women I think this is massive generalization I appreciate that but as women we have this 
burning desire to have children whether it's one whether it's yeah. two whether it's more well, yeah and most people often, listening to to this are going to agree with you there there are women that yeah. don't have the burning desire but our listeners do don't they yeah of course and I think when that desire is not reciprocated by your partner that is a really really challenging place to be both yeah. in life by yourself but in your relationship as well and we've had people contact us saying my husband's not prepared to see it and go through it again and yeah that must be so that must be so painful because when I said mm-hmm. to Rob when I was in the hospital I was still you, you know I, I think at that point we hadn't even the baby hadn't you know we hadn't hadn't been born and I said we can we can we can try again can't we and he was yeah. like yeah yeah of course we can of course we can you know as soon as you're back on your feet and we'll we'll, we'll go again don't worry this isn't the end of our story mm-hmm. type thing and that really was nice to hear yeah Um, but some people and some people this just proves how different everyone is because some people wouldn't entertain the idea of trying again for months or years yeah I think we're we're quite similar in in that respect we both wanted to get back to it straight away didn't we but yeah Mm. there are people who who need some time but imagine if you had gone on to have another loss yeah, I think when I, when I fell pregnant again, um, I did think this was this was it. You know, I thought and and as as the do you think this is my last pregnancy, whatever the outcome, yeah, this is the yeah, last time I'm yeah, doing yeah, this. Definitely, because also I'm I'm thirty. How old are you? Old. Just say old. I'm just I'm in my I'm in my <laughs> mid thirties. I don't know how old I am. I'm thirty six ish. I think I'm either I'm thirty six, thirty seven. I'm a year older than you. Having my kids, I didn't have any problems in my mid twenties. Mm. It, it did make me think this is more likely to happen now because I am thirty six, seven. So I think if I'd had another loss, I would have just been so scared that that was it was age related and it was because the risks have all gone up and and I think I would have thought to myself, look you're so blessed and you're so lucky to have had these had your children yeah leave it don't 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 risk it anymore it's not you know you're so much better off than so many people yeah I just keep thinking what if we're about to embark on on the same shit show that we had previously but you won't be ever because you're a different person now I I am a different person and I am do you know what I think the main difference is go on I have him yes I am a mum but what makes me um less fragile this time is that I know that it can happen Mm. before I I did not I had lost all faith in my body even when I was 20 30 you know weeks pregnant I still thought I still didn't trust my body. I still did not dream that I would be taking a baby home. And and I did. And and so now I've got that little bit of faith that it can happen, whether it does or not. You know, I still have, don't have full faith in my body to, to, to do what it's meant to do. But I know that it can if all of the, you know, the stars align and all that. So it's like, it's almost like, the, well, at least I know I can get pregnant. But it, in, instead, it's like, I know that I can have a baby because it has happened. Yeah, my body can do what it's meant to do when it wants to. Mm. And the other thing is that I spent 
a lot of years just getting pregnant, knowing, hoping that I wasn't, but knowing that I probably was going to miscarry because I didn't get the treatment plan until I was five weeks pregnant with Bertie. And do you think knowing that, like getting, getting pregnant, knowing that you would probably miscarry, do you think that that made the miscarriage easier? Like when it happened, do you think that you had less of a connection with that? I've always been one for having low expectations because then it makes things that little bit easier. Yeah. Um, But at this time I've got medication. Yeah. So I, I'm not banging my head against a brick wall trying to get answers. I have the answers. So if it is going to happen for us again, it's, um, it's got, we've got the best chance possible. Yeah. But I remember you saying like recently, I can't remember if it was just me and you talking or if it was p- potentially one of your six billion voice, voice notes. notes. That you <laughs> but you said recently <laughs> that you felt like you got cocky because you had the medication and then you had another Honestly, at the end of my book really <laughs> at the end of my book I write oh now I've got the treatment plan and uh yeah it's going to be a piece of piss right and <laughs> why I did went, you do that you dick I, I know it's like I sealing thought, the deal <laughs> I thought right I've, I've got the meds now I know it works because that it happened it worked the first time on that treatment plan I just assumed that it was going to work again I went to see I went to see the doctor when Bertie was about almost six months old, and um, I said, "Yeah, I want to have another one." He was like, "Oh, okay, here's the meds." And he said, "They they give you six months worth of meds, and they book you an appointment for six months' time to to reassess the situation. So if you've if you fall pregnant, you contact them in the meantime. But if not, you see them at six months." And I was like, six months now, I'll be pregnant by then." Like that was ages ago, ages ago. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it get it's, it's like going to lesson. Tesco's and being like, oh, oh no, hang on, that metaphor went wrong. It, went, it was better in my head. It's like <laughs> I was gonna say it's like going to Tesco's and being like, yeah, there'll be a parking space there. I won't take any change for the machine. I won't have to park outside Tesco's. And then and then obviously you're not going to get a parking space because mm-hmm. you've said that. You've yeah. thought it. Stop saying stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about this. So does, does any of your kind of desire to have a baby now, is it any of it for Bertie rather than for you? Yes, it is. And yeah. in lockdown, it's... I know I know everyone every child adult every single person that's had to deal with this last year being locked away at home has had a negative effect on on everybody mm. but obviously you only see what it does to your people and yeah. to Bertie so he's going to be two next month and I really worry that he hasn't had the sort of interaction and stimulation that that he should have had. I feel like he's missed out on his soft play years and he's missed out on his learning to learning to share and learning to play nicely and things like that. And I think having another child, Scoop and I both have siblings and yeah. I don't know, is there a stigma about only children? 
I don't know. It's I mean, tough. when we were at school, we used to say that and that, that only children were spoiled. Yeah. I think that I think that children can be spoiled whether they're siblings or only children. I'm not I don't think that that makes a great deal of difference. Um, no. But yeah, I, I just worry that he yeah. would be lonely. Yeah, and I think that cuz you I think potentially, I don't know because I'm not an only child, but it would be interesting to speak to someone or to hear someone's point of view who is an only child that mm. only wants one child because yeah. there are people that just want one child, right? There are people maybe financially or maybe for their own, they want to spend all their time. Like I've got a friend who 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 just wanted one child mm. because they felt that they wanted to give all of their attention and all of their their love to that one child. They didn't want to split it, yeah. which is just, it's a different concept, isn't it? But I have never is- considered only having one child until I had difficulties carrying a baby never like I mean when I was younger it's the the numbers have gone down over the years but I mean when I was a kid I wanted 17 children and then I dropped it down to seven (laughs) at some point and then I literally I went into my adult life met Scoop and we were going to have four children Bertie, Ted, Connie and Flo now I think I really would like just one more if that's possible. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't know where to draw the line. It's, uh, yeah. I don't it's, know how that's, long that's put hard. us through it. And uh, yeah, is see, the only thing when you said to me earlier, like, do you get people saying, or oh, concentrate on the ones you've got, or, or, you know, at least you've already got kids, that, that's the at least, isn't it, when you do have children? Yeah. And, and the only thing that does annoy me about that was that people's life's plans are different, right? So mm-hmm. my life plan has changed throughout my life as well. And people that say, oh, at least you've already got children. And I know that a friend of mine felt this very much when she went through IVF and and years of infertility and people say, at least you're still young. And she was like, but I wanted my children young. So that's the reason. And, and, you know, people that said to me, people that say to me, oh, at least you've already got kids. My mental reaction goes, I know I'm so lucky, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm, devastated because I wanted another child you know it doesn't take away your desire to have another baby because that's why you've done it right that's if it was all planned and and that's what you wanted to do when you fall pregnant and you have that that baby in your mind and in your heart and in your life in the future you know your imagination your imagined life it's because you wanted that baby there you didn't yeah you, you didn't I didn't want three children I wanted four children and that's why it's devastating because you've lost that part of your life that you were yearning for. Yeah. And I think that is the the difficulty that those of us who already have children and then have a loss have is the fact that you feel it's the, the shit feelings, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the ugly feelings because you feel guilt that there's thousands, millions of women out there who can't have one children yet. You're sat here. I'm sat here with three children and I feel awful. And if you are sat there thinking, she's already got kids. I don't know what she's fucking complaining about. I feel you. I I, I hear you. And I know that. And I, yeah. I do feel very guilty being in this kind of public forum saying this, but at the same time, I, I am with everyone else. I am in this gang and I have lost a baby and that hurt me deeply, deeply, yeah. deeper than any pain I've had before because I'd envisaged this life with, with that baby. I think that we shouldn't have to justify feeling how we feel. I just want to say, that for all the people that haven't got a baby yet, I totally get you. I, when I was there myself, I hated anyone who had a child. 
my feelings towards people and towards even hearing this conversation right now would have been extreme. I would have, I would have had the right hump. Who do they think they are? moaning yeah. about having a second child when I'm here waiting for my my one I don't know if I'm ever going to be a mum like I truly 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 feel you and it's not a plug from to to buy my book but I, I've, I've <laughs> but it is because my god we went ages then without you mentioning I know that. right I've just <laughs> had so many messages recently so many if every night I'm showing scoop all these messages going look what this what this lady has said and and people are there are so many people who are in that situation who are going through recurrent loss not knowing if they're ever going to have a baby Mm. and and they they feel all those same feelings that that I felt and I know that this is an incredibly difficult thing for you guys to to be listening yeah and I don't I don't know how that feels and I totally respect that like I've just my heart just absolutely breaks for for you guys and it's awful. And I, I just hope what I really hope is that Laura's story is one of hope, because I know that when you and I first hooked up, you said that you didn't feel that you were you had the right to talk to people because you had your happy ending. Yeah. And that is a really common thing that I've read time and time again. It is the whole it's all right for you. You know what happens at the end of your story. You know that you're OK. You know that. And in reality, we wouldn't be able to do this if we didn't know that. We wouldn't be mm-hmm. able to go in such depth if we no didn't way. have absolutely this, no way would I be able ending. to sit here if if I hadn't hadn't come out the other side for sure. Um, and and I, it would have been coming from a really um, ugly dark place if I had have done it before. It's it just those ugly feelings just overwhelmed me. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's such a tricky one, and I've always been really conscious of not talking about our kids too much but this yeah. this this podcast this episode is about secondary loss and secondary infertility so it will go up with a trigger warning yeah but uh, yeah and i and i just think that what i like to think and what i read a lot in our support group as well our facebook support group is that your story and stories like yours give people hope and i think a lot of people you said that when you when you didn't have Bertie before you had Bertie and there you didn't know when your pain was going to end mm. with a bring a, a baby that you were able to bring home. Yeah, you hated people and you didn't want to hear from people that did have their happy ending. But I do think that potentially you're in the minority there because I think there are thousands and thousands of women who want to hear people that struggle for years and then have yeah. a, a, a healthy pregnancy and yeah. have. I and there's, I see it time and again, people on the support group going, I've just had my fourth loss at whatever many weeks. Um, I just need to hear some positive stories, please. If you've had mis- recurrent miscarriage, yeah. talk to me. And I think that's a really important, I think what you do in, in your book and in the way you talk is not only are you so honest about your like, the, the darkness that you went through and the ugly feelings is that you also shine this kind of ray of hope for a lot of people. I think that's yeah, really important. I hope so yeah, yeah. And the other thing is that it's it, it's not like a linear process dealing with that. Um, that you'll you'll have times where you are happy to hear people's positive stories, and then you might have another loss, and you don't want to hear from anyone. Yeah, it's it you it's not you don't feel the same all the time. Um, and you just have to take a step back and protect your feelings at those times. But anyway, this isn't about 
about that. This is about secondary infertility and loss. So sorry, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent. But just for for all those people who are listening to this, who don't have their child, I just wanted to, you know, we're here for you guys too. Yeah, absolutely. Horrendous. So yeah, basically, secondary loss and infertility is different for everyone. It depends on on your situation, doesn't it? Pretend it depends on your any like struggles that you went through before and um, who you are as a person as well the one thing that I have have been really struggling with since since the loss is and I'd be really interested to hear from anyone who who has this is that my anxiety levels towards my other kids have rocketed and I have this I have ba- like nightmares about their safety and I have this real fear and I've got I've never ever been like this I've never been a doctor phoner I've just how, realized like how fragile that everything is yeah and I just have this real fear that that one of them's going to be taken away and it's a very strange feeling that mm-hmm. I've only really had since since we lost the baby in in May yeah it's just uh, like <laughs> I was feeling Ruby's head I was like Rob I think she's got she's got a, a she's got something like strange about her head shape and he felt and he was like no she, she she's fine I was like what if it's like a brain tumor and that is where my mind goes like I'll hear one of them cough I hear one of them cough and I'm like they've got corona the, <laughs> the first child I think the pandemic probably doesn't help <laughs> no yeah exactly and I can't separate that at the moment whether whether I'm more anxious because I'm fucking with them every step of <laughs> every day <laughs> or yeah. because I have experienced the trauma of, of loss and just you know and then I start thinking about it and then I'll overthink about it and I'll literally end up sort of panicky tears about the fact that something bad is going to happen to one of my children oh mate yeah I know it's really bad like I've been waiting to see if it gets worse and then I'll go get <laughs> and get some help. But I just I just wanted to put it out there in this episode to see if if loss has affected anyone else in that way in their in their anxiety towards their their children. Well, before it it hasn't me, but I tell you what it has done. It's made me appreciate him so much more. Like, of course, he's special. But to us, he's like super special because we never thought that he would he would be here. But now it's like, oh, my God how how did that happen so was it that medication that made him stick because that medication is not working anymore it just feels like yeah, he was yeah. like a, a real miracle like I don't know I keep saying like but don't know how to explain it we might it might never work for us again in which case how the hell did it work that time yeah Fluke. what was on your side yeah right well you know yeah. that I believe that I'm I mean a- he's a pain in the ass that he's <laughs> He's a special pain in the ass. But we're all pain in the asses, aren't we? I think we all were when we were two. So, so. Well, I mean, some of us that leave six fucking thousand voice notes a day still are. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ow! Oh, no. That was a joke. I actually really missed you today yeah, because whatever. I we didn't have my phone on me. <laughs> As if you could get to 11 o'clock tomorrow morning without contacting me. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Guys, I'll let you know in stories of that. Actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. this oh, has well, been I a feel, bit of a ramble. Like is, yeah, but I feel like it's been quite a nice, like, just getting it all out. And Yeah. I'm just conscious of, don't want to upset anyone or say, say anything that makes anyone else's pain 
like less significant or less valid yeah. because it's not about that at all this is just no. us just ha- telling how we feel um but we totally understand that just because we feel that way doesn't mean that everyone else does and we and we also like i i also just want to say that we do so appreciate how how lucky we are and how you know our story because we've got there we we've, we've got the we've got our our kids and stuff and we're not we're not childless we know that it might be hard for some people to hear us kind of moaning and groaning about about stuff yeah defo yeah Hmm. anyway i think we talked ourselves out i think so <laughs> i think we have that's it from us yeah i feel like it was flat was it flat no i think it was intense yeah i just think that it was quite an intense thing because i didn't think i'd have very much to say but i always think that i won't and then i mean <laughs> all right <laughs> as if yeah, I thought I didn't it was think really... I'd have very much to say. <laughs> I thought, well, in the lead up, I was like, it's not really very but relevant to me, so I'm not I'm not gonna say much. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep my head down. <laughs> if only. <laughs> that would never happen. That could be the title of your next book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, anyway, thanks for listening, right. people. Listening to our yeah. ranting and moaning and all that jazz. And uh, take care of yourselves. And also, just you know, get in touch. If you're one of those people that's never messaged us because you think, oh, they're, they're too busy, we're not. We're never too busy to hear from you. No. So give us a message. We love chatting to you. True, right. true. Cool. All right. Tara for now. Then. Yeah, take care. I'll speak to you in probably about five minutes. <laughs> Bye. 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us, and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.